Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. I am excited to share with you today's conversation with Lisa Nolte, a registered dietitian with Iowa State University Dining Services. You know, this show would not have happened without my book, I'm Registered Dietitian, Now What? And in my conversation with Lisa today, we talk about her navigating her first job on her own, which is exactly why I wrote this book, to help you not feel alone. You can find it on my website, annelizabethardy.com, or you can download it on iTunes and Amazon. Everyone, I am loving the honey flavor of Dalman's Waffles because my grandma and I always put honey in our tea when I was younger. Dalman's is a family-owned Dutch bakery group and the leading waffle baker in the world. They are made with only natural ingredients baked right into the dough, and I'm very excited to share them with my guests. And today, I am snacking on the other thing I love, which is Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn. I'm getting my whole grains in for the day with this satisfying, healthy snack. To learn more about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com. My conversation today is with a new friend of mine, and I absolutely enjoy talking with her every time we get to see each other. We met through the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and I found Lisa's passion for food service and management to be very inspiring, since it's something I have always been a little bit scared of. In our conversation, Lisa takes me through some of her bravest moments as a new dietitian and what brings her joy in being a dietitian in a K-12 school system and in her current job with Iowa State University. At Iowa State, she has a wide variety of responsibilities, including helping students with food allergies navigate the college dining halls and meeting their nutrition needs. And this is just the beginning of what Lisa does. Please enjoy my conversation with Lisa. Well, I'm excited to be here with you today on this campus of Iowa State University, and I just kind of wanted to get to know you a little bit better. I know we've met a couple times just with different things with the Iowa Academy, and just to learn more about your job, because you are in a field that I don't think a lot of people are even aware that dietitians are working in and making a difference in, but... I want you to take me back to when yes. you decided that yes. you kind of wanted to be a dietitian. So I am one of those people who was really involved um, in athletics in high school. <clears throat> and so that's how my interest actually became in nutrition was I was a competitive track and cross country runner. And okay. so I got really interested in the nutrition part there. But growing up, I grew up on a farm um, both my parents farm, my mom always made like home cooked meals, a big priority, like family meals every night, six o'clock still is that <laughs> still way. Dinner time. <laughs> it's still six o'clock, like no exceptions. Um, and so that's really where my interest in food and cooking developed. And then I think I was like 16. I was a sophomore in high school. I remember when I discovered that there was this thing called dietetics where you could put both the food and the nutrition together and my parents' deal for both my brother and I was always, we'll pay for four years of state school tuition. If you want to go somewhere else, that's fine. But, like, that's the amount of money that we have saved for you. And thankfully, Iowa State had dietetics. Um, and so I 
yeah, basically since I was 16, I knew I... You knew. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. I feel like, <laughs> I, in some ways, I feel lucky that I've always known that this is what I meant to do. But then I hear other people's stories. I'm like, mine's pretty boring <laughs> compared to some people's stories. But I don't think that's boring because, yeah. you know, a lot of us don't. I mean, you had so many different interests. And being yeah. at that age, you must have been very aware of, like, yeah. even your body for mm-hmm. being an athlete, which a lot of us don't. Yes. And I... I also had certain, like, foods that were, like, almost superstitious for me before, like, track or cross-country <laughs> meets. And looking back now, I'm like, that was not a white, like, a cinnamon toast crunch bar, like, those pre-packaged ones. Like, they're delicious. Probably not the best pre-race <laughs> snack, but at the time, I thought it was, like, quick, you know, quick carbohydrates and stuff. But anyway, so, yeah, I I've always known that this is... Food and nutrition was what I was interested in, and I'm lucky that and it was easy to pick a school because it was yeah, so close. Yeah, do you live? Is your family close to Iowa yes. State? So okay. we're um, my family is from Humboldt, Iowa, sure. which is just about an hour and fifteen minutes northwest of here, um, and so that made it easy too. It was a really nice mm-hmm. distance from family, close enough. I could go home very easily, you know, on the weekend, but far enough away that I could still have my own life and it's perfect um, yeah it really it really is the perfect distance and even now it's it's really nice to be that distance from my family and my husband's family um has family in Ankeny so so yeah you're kind of like right smack dab in the middle what does what kind of farmers were your parents um they have like 1600 acres of corn and soybeans okay so grain farmers Mm -hmm. um Back when I was really little, we did have um, hogs, but I think I was probably in elementary school and my dad stopped doing that and just focused on the grain. And so my grandparents farmed, both sets of grandparents, and then um, my brother and his wife and their kids just live about half a mile from my parents out in the country. My brother has his own seed business. He sells seed and chemicals and then helps my dad farm. Gotcha. So, Farming is in the It's in the family. (laughs) Yes. It's in the family. Did you help your mom cook and do all that? So I I was lucky that my mom was usually pretty patient with me, except for probably time to clean up. Um, But she, I, I remember her showing me how to cook a lot of different things. And even now, I'll still ask her, like, what kind of meat should I buy if this is going in the crock pot, you know? And sure. she'll be like, you're the dietitian. You're supposed to have all the answers. <laughs> you're like, I have the nutrition I answer. Right. Maybe I not the chef the, answers. Right, right. And she always knows the answer. And my grandma um, was an awesome cook and an awesome, I like to call her pastry chef because she could make the best any type of bakery type item, you know, and flaky crust and all that. Um, and I've, she's since passed away, but I've tried to make some of her recipes and they, they are not the same. Like I swear <laughs> she did things that I just, she didn't write in the recipe or I'm just not good at the technique. But so yeah, I grew up watching my mom cook and then it was really in high school that I started to like write a very detailed grocery list of what I wanted my mom to get so I could pack my own lunch. Um, and my friends would make fun of me because, like, I would come with, like, leftover, cold, leftover grilled salmon from the night before that my mom had made. And then, like, cold asparagus that she had roasted in the oven. And then, the, you know, like, this extravagant, like, six-meal component meal. And they would joke, like, oh, here comes Lisa with her full-size cooler to lunch. And so I've always been a big eater. I've always, and I've always liked 
meals and meal planning and all of that. So, well, that yeah. well, you got a good start on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, excited. if anyone made fun of you, that's their fault. They right. were just jealous of right. your delicious gourmet <laughs> meals that I you know. were bringing. <laughs> it's funny now looking back, like how extravagant some of my my lunches were. Like, it's funny though, but it's funny because now I do I. I do that, you know, for kind of for a job. So it's, yeah. It all came full circle, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Yes. So you went to Iowa State mm-hmm. and you never wavered once. Mm-mm. Kind of really was on the right path yep. throughout schooling and loved mm-hmm. everything. Was there one thing that stuck out the most when you were going through um, school? I loved food food lab. It was like a five credit food lab. Um, it was I think we met like twice a week in the afternoons and then there was like the lecture component and I just I loved I loved that class because obviously cooking but also you were actively applying skills and using knowledge and finding out how food works and kind of that function rather than just like sitting and learning about it <laughs> so I really liked that um, and then I also liked tea room which yes, is like, a lot of people say they don't like tea. Room. I know, I know. And I, so I don't know if that should have been an early sign that I would go into management, you know. But I did. I really liked that class too. And I don't know. Maybe it's because in both those classes you got to eat, you know. <laughs> so that might be why I enjoyed them so much. But those were those were definitely my two favorite classes. And I medical nutrition therapy was very interesting to me, um, but I didn't get to apply any of that really in the class other than case studies and things and it wasn't until my internship obviously that you really got to apply mm-hmm. that knowledge so I think that's why I liked the food based classes because I could use my skills that you enjoyed the yeah. most yep so internship um I did mine at the University of Iowa hospital and it's so a very clinically based. yes yes yeah. I was like one of those who was pretty much I'm doing clinical I, and people will be like, no, keep an open mind. Nope, I'm doing <laughs> clinical. I'm going to go to Iowa. I'm going to do my internship and then hopefully become a clinical dietitian there and finish my master's of public health because you get credits towards an MPH in that internship. Um, and then during the internship, a couple of things happened. One, that would have been like 2008, 2009 school year in the economy went Awful. Awful, yes. (laughs) And the hospital was on a hiring freeze. And not that I was necessarily going to work there, but that going into it was like my dream. Um, And so that happened. But then also I found um, I didn't love clinical. It was really interesting. I saw so many things. I mean, like amazing clinical experience. But I I found it wasn't my passion. and even now, I think I'm pretty open, and I could, I do have some clinical components in my job now, but um, I actually really liked the management rotations, which shocked me because I didn't <laughs> think that I would like that. And I think part of it was I had really great preceptors in mm-hmm. my internship in all different areas, but um, I really liked that at the University of Iowa, the, the management was all dietitians. Which was awesome. The, the food service management yes. was like several. That's very uncommon. Yes, and it was. I mean, it's awesome. Like I still think it's so cool that you know they hired dietitians to mm-hmm. be in those leadership and administrative roles. And so I really liked that. Um, it was a great internship. I still, I still keep in touch with 
um, the internship director and a couple of the preceptors. So it was a great program. I'm really glad that I went there. Um, even, How long was your internship at um, the university? Ten months, I think. Ten months. And then at the end, then I had nine credits towards a master's in public health, <clears throat> which I also thought I wanted to get my master's in public health. And then I found out during the classes I didn't love <laughs> that coursework. <laughs> and some of it, I'm sure, was just, I, I mean, it was, the classes were okay, but I just, I wasn't, like, super excited about them. Um, so then about halfway through the internship, it was right after Christmas break, I started looking for jobs because I was terrified I was going to have to move home with my parents. And that... Um, for me, that just wouldn't, wouldn't be a good, um, fit. And there was not a lot of job opportunities back in my hometown for dietitians. Mm -hmm. And so I started really looking for jobs and I had a lot of different interviews. I interviewed at WIC. I interviewed for a clinical position, um, in central Iowa. I interviewed for like a consultant dietitian position, um, uh, retirement home, like assistant director of nutrition position, and then K through 12 food service director position. <clears throat> and so I got a lot of interviewing experience. <laughs> so that's a lot of jobs you applied for. Yes. Um, but that motivation of like not moving home was like really pushing. <laughs> I was trumping all yeah. of those other. So I was literally applying for like any dietitian job available. Um, and I was very open to doing anything. And I think that's one of the nice things about dietetics is you can do so many different things. But so I went and interviewed for this K through 12 um, school food service director position. It was like the scariest day ever because it was like a full day interview because it was a pretty high, you know, an administrative position. And so I had no idea when I applied for it that when they called me for an interview, I was going to be there, all day. there from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. I had no idea that that's how uh, those. So I they consider food service, school food service management, mm -hmm. an administrative position yes. in schools. Yeah, at least I think it might depend on the size of the district. Mm -hmm. um, this was like a four size, like four a. I always so think really large, sports, but yeah, like forty two hundred students. Okay. Um, so there was a high school, a junior high, and then five. At the time, there was only four elementaries, but during my time there, we built a fifth elementary. So, much bigger school district than where I was from. <laughs> and I went into that day-long interview, and I was, I'm pretty sure I was, like, shaking the entire time. I was so nervous. Um, being a dietitian was not a requirement of the position. Oh. But when I went to interview, um, my internship director, her advice to me was, because I was like, should I focus on the management projects I've been working on here? And she's like, no, you should actually focus on your clinical skills because that's going to set you apart from someone who's mm. always worked in management and is not a registered dietitian. Um, and so I thought that was really good advice, and it turns out it was awesome advice because that was one of the things that kind of set me apart. But um, How many other people were interviewing? Do you I, know? I don't know. But that's like, probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember, like, sitting at this table, like walking in and there was eight administrators, six or eight administrators, like principals, the chief financial officer, director of operations, superintendent, assistant superintendent, dean of students. And I was like 23. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, That's very intimidating. Shaking in my 
business suit from JC Penney's, like, you know, <laughs> so scary. That first professional outfit yes, you bought. Yes. I still have it. I don't know if it still fits, but I still have it. Um, and so I went in there and, I mean, I had looked up, you know, standard interview questions. Um, you know, you can find those online, like basic stuff. But these, I mean, there were some basic ones that I felt prepared for prepared for but then there's these questions like what's your experience working with construction projects <clears throat> uh none <laughs> what, sure, like, what no. type what type of um repair and replace equipment schedule would be appropriate like i don't i wish i could look back and like record and see what i said what because you said. I, some of these questions totally caught me off guard and I remember going to take a drink of the glass of water and I was shaking, like, I was shaking so bad that the water was, like, sloshing in and out. Um, but anyways, I did talk about my experience in the internship and explained, actually, in the interview what a registered dietitian was because a lot of people seem to kind of have a blank look on their face. Mm -hmm. um, and I explained that, I, yes, I don't have tons of experience, but that's a good thing because I can bring a fresh set of eyes to nutrition in the school district and a new way of thinking. I'm not set in my ways. I'm very open. Um, and then I had several other interviews with different groups of people and then like a tour of the district. And I thought, I remember calling my mom on my way back to Iowa City and being like, like almost laughing, like, they're like that I'm never going to hear from them again. <laughs> And then they called me a few days later to come back for a second interview, and it was just going to be with the superintendent. And so at that point, I knew I was probably one of the final candidates. Mm -hmm. And then it got very real. Like, this was in the Quad Cities. We had never, ever been to the Quad Cities, except driving through on our way to Chicago. <laughs> I didn't even know what the Quad Cities were, I don't think. Um, and just a huge, like, though this might really happen, you know, I might have to move here. I might have to move here, and I, I, I don't know if I can do this. And so anyways, I went back for the second interview, and it was really just the superintendent talking to me and being like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous to hire you because you don't have a lot of experience, but everyone um, is really excited about the prospect of having you and having a dietitian on our staff. And um, I just want to make sure that you would be committed to our school district, I think trying to get at, okay, you're not from this area, you're really young, you can't say that, obviously, for legal <laughs> reasons, but you're really young, do you really want this? And I was like, yeah, I do, and I don't want, I don't want to move back home, no. Um, and like, no, that's I didn't still that. my motivation, <laughs> yeah. I'm not moving back no. home. <laughs> um, and I knew at that point, like, that management was something I was really interested in, and, and uh, so, I got, he offered me the job, and then he said, oh, can you stick around for a few hours? I want to introduce you to the school board, and they have to approve my recommendation to hire you. <laughs> so on top of all this, then I had to go stand in front of the school board and talk about myself and why I would be a good fit. And so I had a few hours in between accepting the job and coming back to the school board meeting. I didn't know anything about the Quad Cities, so I just drove to a gas station <laughs> and, like, cried because I was like what did I just get myself into and then I called my boyfriend at the time who's now my husband and he was all excited and my parents were excited and then I think it took a few days before it really set in like I'm gonna be a school food service director and 
then it was very exciting and I was so happy to have a job and very excited and also excited. I was even excited to move, you know, to a different mm-hmm. place. And um, so, yeah, that was my first. That is so intense. <laughs> yes. I can't even, I mean, like that's, that is a lot for a, yes. a newly yes. person out of an internship mm-hmm. and a big responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Even for the interview process. Yes. yes. <laughs> but you sold yourself. I did. And I honestly, like, it, a big part of it was the diet that I was, I was still in my internship, so I couldn't call myself a dietitian, mm-hmm. but that's where I was headed. And like I said, I remember, like, there being some blank faces and me explaining, like, all the things we have to do in order to become a registered dietitian and how that's a benefit um, to anyone, but especially K-12 school food service really needs dietitians so I think that was a huge selling selling point that's exciting yeah that's really exciting that you (laughs) were kind of a pioneer yes in a big school system like that yeah I mean that's very unheard of yeah and I even though I'm no longer in K-12 school food service like I still always I strongly support you know school food service professionals because they might not always have the support they need I was in an awesome school district the support I received there for not just myself, but for even like when my boyfriend, now husband moved there, everyone was like, oh, does he have a job? And can we help you guys move? Like when we moved to a house while we were there, like best, I mean, such an awesome place to work. Supportive. Very supportive. Good community. community. Um, And I know that not every school district has that. And with their, their school nutrition areas, not always doesn't always get the support that they need. And so I'm always, it's, that'll always have like a special place in my heart is K through 12 and the people who work in it day in and day out and try to make the best food they can with the budget that they're given and mm-hmm. the staffing that they have. And so, um, yeah, it was. It's your roots. It's like yeah, where yeah. you kind of got started. So talk, yep. to, talk about the job. I mean, thinking yeah. about, I mean, that's a, a lot of kids that you took care of yes. and provided food for. Yes. So, <clears throat> I started, so I graduated from my internship on a Friday, moved to the Quad Cities on Saturday, and started on Monday. Like, why, <laughs> I, didn't, about right. <laughs> like, why I didn't take some time off? Well, it doesn't surprise me. <clears throat> but anyway, so I started, and just the previous director was retiring. Um, and so she had some ends that she needed to tie up. So she was able to provide some assistance. And then I just kind of... <clears throat> dove in and did all the research I could on USDA school lunch program. Honestly, I did not realize until I actually got in the job how many regulations there are, not just for what food you can serve. And this was before the new All the new stuff. So this was the older version of the program, which wasn't nearly as um, structured as Mm -hmm. it is now. And so I just kind of self-taught. I did some... um, some like online courses through the USDA or through, there might've even been some through Iowa State actually. And then I was very lucky again, where I was at, I had um, a couple of directors in the Quad Cities as well. So I was Pleasant Valley School District, um, which is in the city of Bettendorf and LeClaire, Iowa, but there's several large school districts around there. And I was very lucky to have the support of other school food service directors who I could be like, Help me. Help. What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and so 
a lot of it was kind of self-taught and then reaching out and networking with other people and finding out how their school district did things. And then also I was very lucky again to have an outstanding, she was like the manager of all over all the kitchens, but particularly like the high school, the big production kitchen. And she was a seasoned, like had been there for 20 some years Wonderful. I, yeah, I couldn't have done it without her. I wouldn't have been successful without her. And so her and Joan is her name, and we still keep in contact. She, she's, I'm always like, no, you saved me, you know. And so she's, she was um, irreplaceable. And um, before I left for this job, I remember it being like the day telling my husband like today she retires is the day like I'm going because like, I'm she was, done. Yeah, she was just that. You know, she kind of, yeah, she was awesome. She was kind of like the glue that kind of helped you yeah, and helped yes. all the operations kind of go. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, I had a lot of things. I mean, some of it was self-taught, but I had, again, a lot of people that really helped helped me to be successful and helped the program to be successful. And superintendent, who was my direct supervisor, awesome. Like, he was, he could be a little, at first, he was a little intimidating, until I got to know him, and he, I could not have had a better first real boss in my first real career job. He, and I still keep in contact with him too. Like he's, he's a great leader and a great mentor. So I had, a, I was very fortunate at my first job to have all the support that I had. So, do you feel in just that job alone as an intern, mm-hmm. do you feel like we get enough of that? management especially I know did you I had only like a week of school food service I I did not have any school food service at the time um at least in my particular um the year that I was in the internship and I think I think it's hard having been in the school food service director role I think it's hard to find the time to really mentor dietetic interns any role I mean any dietitian is busy and it can be hard but there were so many regulations for an intern to really get an awesome experience at least and part of it was probably because I was too new maybe into the profession as well Um, but it's anytime I get interns now at my current position I'm always like look for jobs in K through 12 school food service like it's an area that needs dietitians and it's very rewarding particularly if you find a school district that's a good community Mm -hmm. and a place that you would want to live. And so, but yeah, I, I remember getting some K through 12 nutrition information and, and maybe a management class in undergrad and, and that's it. Um, So still not enough. No, (laughs) no, especially like to be able to lead, not just to know the regulations, but to be able to lead you know, and be kind of an advocate for new things that you want to try, like Mm -hmm. self-serve fruit and vegetable bar. That was something way back when I was in K through 12, it was like a new concept. Now it's pretty much standard, but, um, another school district close to ours had done it. And so I went and toured her facilities and kind of asked her like, you know, what type of equipment did she use? What barriers did she have and how did she solve them? And so, um, That was something where then I proposed it to the superintendent who 
was always, as long as I had evidence to back up why I wanted to do something, he would support me. And then he would like help me present it to the school board about why I wanted to buy this equipment. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. It was so nice to always have his support. Um, and so that was something that we were able to implement and um, do. Again, it was at the time it was new, and now it's kind of just standard. But it was something that I had learned. I had been there long enough to know I can't just implement this like even if the even if the school board approves it like I need to start with my staff the sure. staff that's actually having to cut up all that produce <laughs> and put it in that fruit and vegetable bar and how are they going to manage that how does that change how they're serving their other food and then the teachers and the lunchroom aides like talking with the principals of those buildings and explaining why this was beneficial and then they would come back with like potential challenges. How are we going to solve those? Um, so many things that I never thought of, you know, because I'm not the I wasn't the one in the lunchroom having mm-hmm. to shepherd all those kids around and make sure that they're not dropping handles <laughs> in the in the. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, there's so many things that I didn't think of, um, huh? And so there was a lot of problem solving, but that ended up being a very successful exciting thing that the school the the children really liked um I think some of the teachers still were like not a big fan of it um (laughs) which I get it you know it's messy change you know and and it is it is they have such a small amount of time to eat lunch they do you know and the teachers the lunchroom aides already have a lot that they're trying to do so um it was asking a lot but by getting as many people on board before I implemented it that was that was something I learned in that job was to like get the buy-in from everyone. Even though we knew we were gonna go ahead and do it, still important to get all their buy-in. So mm-hmm. that was a big thing I learned in, in that job. Like that working in that community is mm-hmm. not just your staff, right. it's the whole school and right. all your different schools. I mean right. you don't have everybody's not in one building. Right. So Right. Everyone and everyone has their own kind of unique things. And even different Schools had different preferences. Two of the buildings, um, two of the elementary buildings, kind of liked more hearty food, like casserole-type things. Mm -hmm. And they were more, like, rural-type schools. And then the two that were, like, in town, like, really in in town, no, they did not like (laughs) casseroles. Like, they didn't, you know. And so it was just funny. So different. differences just in in not a very big area. I mean, it wasn't like a huge spread-out school district. So that was a good learning experience for me, too, with, like, menu planning. And you definitely can't make everyone happy all the time. (laughs) No, no. That's a good message, though, in management. You have to. (laughs) Yes. And just, like, you have to roll with the punches with your own employees and your staff. Yeah. Which I'm sure that's not an easy task either. That was was probably one of my biggest challenges in that job was, like, the HR management. Some days I felt like I was spending most of my day dealing with employee issues, (laughs) Um, which I knew going into management that that's a lot Mm -hmm. of what you end up doing. And... Yeah, that is something I don't miss about that job, <laughs> um, was managing staff. And and part of it was, you know, I was, I grew up on a farm, and I know that I have high expectations in a lot of areas of life, but <laughs> particularly, like, 
if you're only scheduled to work 10.30 to 1.30, why can't you get here? <laughs> like, <laughs> What's what? the problem? Like, what if you missed 15 days of work and you only work 185 days out of, True. Year? Out of a school year? I'm not going to go any... Anyways, <laughs> that's just... That was something that I had... A, I, had I grew a lot by the end of my time in the school district because I remember the superintendent telling me, like, you've got to be a little bit more flexible in your thinking, you know... Not, you might have a certain expectation of work ethic and this and that, but you need to understand people come from a variety of backgrounds and they might be calling in for a headache, but maybe something happened with their spouse at home or they have a high schooler who's troubled mm -hmm. and they might, you know, so you need to, and that really resonated with me. And I still try to keep that in mind, like when I'm working with college students, different population, but there's so much more going on than just sure. what they're presenting with. So sure. So yeah, I learned a lot about human resource management. <laughs> and yes. But I think as dietitians, I think that there, like you said, there is a need for us to start kind of maybe looking at being more in that K through 12 mm -hmm. environment, but also yeah. knowing there's going to be a lot of other challenges. Yes. <laughs> I, I definitely think whenever I have interns or maybe freshmen in dietetics who come and interview me for one of their like introductory sure, classes, yeah. like they always ask, what's your, what's your biggest piece of advice for me? Or what's one thing you wish you would have known? And I always say like, you have to be flexible. Like you have, <laughs> and it's something I still work on. And I've been a dietitian for eight years, almost eight years, 2000, August of 2009 was when I took my exam. Mm -hmm. So um, I still work on that. And I think being a mom has helped me to <laughs> become more flexible because it kind of Probably. forced me to be, but um, being more open-minded about a lot about where people are coming from, what their background is, what, why they are the way they are, or why they might struggle with certain things um and so that's why I always tell students is to be flexible and also have an open mind because your supervisor might change you have to learn to roll with that your coworkers might change there might be a new policy like you know here at Iowa State huge institution constant changes um and if I was still really rigid in my thinking I would be I would be pulling my hair out and of course <laughs> they're like still... this is not going to be sustainable right. <laughs> right so you have to learn and I think as dietitians and dietetic students we do we like things to be efficient mm -hmm. we have high expectations we want things to go a certain way because we know we we have a plan in place for a reason and we want it to go and that's fine but you still have to have some of that flexibility while maintaining your standards you know not becoming complacent but yeah gotta be gotta be flexible so that's what interns <laughs> are always kind of like oh that's you know they weren't expecting to hear that but I'm like trust me I've learned and I still have a lot to learn in that area but I'm working I'm you're working progress. you're a work in progress that's <laughs> yes. all that matters yes. so when you think about what was maybe your favorite thing about being a dietitian in a um, height, like a school yeah. food service setting? I think um, probably just like when we did the fruit and vegetable bars, the implemented those, and 
once the kinks, we got all the kinks out. <laughs> Which was, I'm sure there was a few. Yes, it took a while. <laughs> but once we got the kinks out, it was so much fun as a dietitian to see all the different colors of fruits and vegetables on the trays of the kids. Um, now, I know that not everyone ate everything that they took, but mm-hmm. I know that they were more likely to eat it if they served themselves and they had a choice rather than just plopping it on the tray. So I liked looking around the lunchroom and seeing all sorts of different colors of fruits and veggies. And I, I actually had some parents call and complain because their kids didn't know what some of the vegetables were. Um, which I'm like, well, that's why we have to serve them because they're not being served at home. Um, and some people, some families can't afford to buy a whole bunch of different kinds of fruits and vegetables. So we started putting signs up to designate what everything was because even though to me... You knew what they were. I knew what they were, mm-hmm. but a lot of the students didn't. And so we started putting up signs or like, here's an example of what your tray should look like because they needed to have three of the five meal components Mm -hmm. on their tray. Um, And so, yeah, it was, I liked liked that. And just the students, um, especially the elementary students, generally are just, like, really excited and happy. You know, it's lunchtime, and then they have recess. High school students, meh, not so friendly (laughs) and happy. But the elementary students were. So, I yeah, that was fun. I liked that. So it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. It's a re- I think it's a re- I do a little bit of work with some schools yeah. and it's just rewarding to see yeah. how like you can make a difference mm-hmm. in kids' lives with just right. a fruit or a vegetable right. that maybe they've never tried before. And the district I was in was a bit unusual in the fact that it had a really low free and reduced meal rate, which is unusual. I mean, it was pretty unique. Um, but knowing what I know about the free, you know, free and reduced lunch and, you know, I was close to some school districts that had pretty high free and reduced meal rates. You know, they, and I, excuse me, I also know about like the summer, the summer feeding program sure. and all those things. And it's like, this food is really important to a lot of students because they're not getting a lot of food at home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <clears throat> and we had kindergarten snack in our school district and I fought it for the longest time because I was like, they don't need a snack at 10 o'clock and they're going to eat lunch at 1130. And I tried, I did, I tried to fight it for so long. And then, you know, I finally was like, okay, I'm going to pick my battles and this isn't one that I'm going to spend my energy on. But then I got to thinking, you know, well, kindergarten, you know, their stomachs are really small. Maybe they need that little bit of extra to get them through till lunch. But I'm still like, when I think back, I'm like, did they really need that snack? But, <laughs> um, but for a lot of students, you know, it is, it is the best meal. If they get breakfast and lunch at school, it's going to be the best meal that they get. And so for the whole day. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really important. It's a really important program. Um, and the people who work in it are really doing their, the best that they can. With what they have. Right. With their Even resources. Even though they get really bad PR, you know, I know. The media and stuff. It's like, I mean, everyone can always, everyone has things they can improve on. And But the school districts that I knew and worked with and stuff, I mean, we had a, this, we had a co-op of 18 schools <clears throat> that we would write a bid to get all of our food from the same sure. place. And so I got to know a lot of school districts in both Iowa and Illinois, and everyone was doing the best that they could. I mean, no one was sitting back saying... <laughs> I want to serve low quality food. Like, no, no one's sitting back doing that. Like, 
So, yeah. I, well, and I, I kind of think, do you, I don't know about you, but I think if you're not a dietitian that has worked in that, you don't quite understand it either. <laughs> no. And I think that's true in like any area of dietetics, <laughs> any, really anything. It's like, if you don't work in it, you really can't have an opinion on right. how it should be operated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. even, I mean, I, especially like food service, I kind of feel like every person should have to work in food service. <laughs> I kind of think so too. In high school, at least like six months McDonald's you got to do it just like so you learn a lot about people customer service like mm-hmm. money handling food safety I mean food safety yeah huge oh, yes yes <laughs> all those things maybe it should be a requirement before you graduate from high school you have if to we work. can start developing a curriculum yes. we'll work on that yeah. that could be our life changing yes yes good idea <laughs> yeah so yeah I definitely think <clears throat> Anyone that works in it, they're doing the best that they can. So, and it's definitely an area that could benefit from more dietitians and not just our nutrition expertise, but our management and our leadership skills. I think that's what school food service really needs. I mean, in addition to being able to follow the guidelines. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. And there might need to be a little bit more curriculum in our internships and in our schools for in our undergrads, just because I think... We're missing out on a little bit of oh, yeah. that. Yeah. And maybe we're not open to it as much either. Yeah. And I know as I when I was an intern, I was like food management too. I was oh, like, yeah. no, I don't want to do anything. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. But now I've totally changed right. my mind right. about how we can be a key player in yeah. that. Well, I never ate school lunch growing up. <laughs> Didn't like, you? Never. I love no, packing, my, your coolers yeah, I love packing my cooler of food. <laughs> so, so it's just, it's funny to like know that I... I worked in it and that I loved working in it. So <clears throat> did you eat yeah. school lunch when you were working? In yeah. It? Yeah. Like every it's single good. day. It was good. <laughs> it's delicious. I mean, obviously there's days where like I wasn't a huge fan of whatever particular item we were serving, but in general, like I am not a picky <laughs> eater. And so it was good. I mean, I would always get filled up, you know, especially, I mean, the high schoolers, that's where I would eat. We would get like the high schoolers could get f- up to four fruits and vegetables. Oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah. That's, you can't good. go wrong with that. Yeah, it was like three fifty for me to eat. Like, really, you can't <laughs> so go So inexpensive. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, yeah. So how long did you spend at, at the K-12? through So I was there for four years. Um, and then during that time, I had started working on my master's degree through the distance program at Iowa State. Um, and... I, I was able to transfer in my MPH credits from Iowa, which nice. was huge. Thank goodness. Yes, <laughs> I know that knocked like a year off and several thousand dollars. Um, and so I started working on that. And um, one of the things I had to do was a, it was not a thesis. It was called a creative component. And so it was like a big project, really like preliminary research, Not nothing Nothing like what someone would do when they're getting their master's of science and nutrition and they're doing lab work and all that stuff. So, um, but I chose that route because I knew I would not be able to, nor did I want to stop working. Like I couldn't do that. And I didn't have the burning desire to stop working to go back to school Um, because I really liked my job and I liked my paycheck. (laughs) Sure. Um, And so... Since I was working with Iowa State in the distance program, I saw there was this opportunity, this dietitian position open at Iowa State um, with dining services, so management, 
initially I thought management when I saw it was from dining services. And then as I looked at the position description, I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like so much fun because it was like working with students who required dietary accommodations, assisting with menu management, writing menus, recipe development, um, staff training on food safety and allergens, um, nutrition programs, limited one-on-one counseling, um, working with other campus departments to promote student wellness, like all these cool things that I was like, well, I'm going to apply for this, you know, just to see what would happen. Cause I figured like Iowa state, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to apply for this. And I only had four years of experience and I didn't have my master's degree yet. Um, and being an educational institution, Iowa state really likes its graduate sure. <laughs> degrees. <laughs> um, and so I applied for it and, it was a while before I got a phone call that to come in for an interview, and I felt so guilty coming to interview. I took a day of vacation. I didn't tell my boss mm. because I didn't want him to think I was unhappy. And I think there was also a little bit of a level of immaturity. Looking back now, I can see that I and that was my first job, and I was like didn't want to hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, I'm like, I should have told him and I should have listed him as a reference. But anyways, now that I'm older and more mature, I can say that. But at the time I was like, oh, I don't want anyone to know. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And mm-hmm. so I came and I interviewed and um, both, a, I guess, a positive and a negative was that is a brand new position, newly created position. First dietitian for, well, still the only campus kind of dietitian, but at the time, my understanding is dining services had had a dietitian <clears throat> who was shared between part-time and was shared between dining and health services. Oh. Um, and then health services or the student health center is what we call it now, realigned their priorities and like the wellness part was no longer part of that, wellness and prevention. So... When that dietitian retired, her position was basically kind of eliminated. And then in the time since she had retired and that in that shift had happened, um, a few years had gone by. And during that time, like several places on campus wanted to hire a dietitian. Hmm. But dining, my understanding is dining kind of got the go ahead because of all the special dietary needs coming in it was almost becoming like a legal issue like we need to have a dietitian who can really assist these students and provide guidance and develop some policies um <clears throat> so it being a new position I was a little bit leery of that because I was like is this here to stay or is it like because it wasn't going to generate any income you know it was just a service basically so I was a little nervous about that but then I was super excited to be like I can kind of create my own path um, and just have a lot of flexibility um, and, you know, get to do a lot of different things. And so then, so I interviewed and still felt like super guilty (laughs) about my other, you know, my current position. And then like I was offered the position and uh, negotiated for a, a bit and then I ended up accepting it, but I was like, I'm not telling anyone school district until I've actually signed the papers. <laughs> so I came, I presented my my creative component to my committee on campus for my master's degree um, and said, by the way, I'm signing papers today to be the dietitian here. And they were like, well, 
you really should change your creative component then because the one I was going to do was going to be in the school district. Oh. They're like, you really need to do something that you can use in your new job. And I was like, what? I I was like so frazzled at that point because it was just a lot of things happening. Oh, my gosh. Change, <laughs> changing jobs, changing the end part of my yes. master's degree. Um, and so I signed the papers, was like totally baffled about what to do with my creative component, and then went back to the Quad Cities Told my boss, I have never cried that hard at Aww. work, ever. Um, and it was, I mean, people in the office thought that someone had died because, because you I were so upset. <laughs> but it's because it was such an awesome, it was such a great... You were sad to leave. Yeah, I was. Yeah. It was very, very, very bittersweet. Like, so excited for this new opportunity and to move back closer to our families mm-hmm. um, and to be in Ames, to work for Iowa State, like... So excited about all of that, but very sad to leave the school district and the support and the the position was really fun too. And but really, is the people you know, it was the people Absolutely. that made it so wonderful. <sighs> so <laughs> yeah, so th- there was that. So anyways, so just like I did after my internship, my last day at that job was on a Friday, and then I started here on oh Monday. Oh my gosh. If I ever do, if you I ever change jobs, I'm taking... Mental note right now. If she ever changes jobs, I need to tell her to take week. vacation. I'm taking a week off. <laughs> um, and so my husband had to stay in the Quad Cities because his job was there, and so, and we were trying to sell our house because we had bought a house. So I lived with my aunt and uncle here in Ames during the week, and then would drive the three hours back to Bettendorf for the weekend, work on my new creative component proposal, which I back here on Sunday night. Um, so we did that for eight weeks, and then my husband sold our house. Um, he worked for a while in Humboldt and commuted. We lived in Ankeny. Then we ended up <laughs> buying a house in Ames, and my husband now works at Iowa State, and so all that's squared away, and then finished my master's degree during that first year that I was here in this oh, job. okay. And so a lot of things happened that that first year in this position. Um, and so now, I mean, I do a lot of different things. I You said earlier you're kind of a jack of all yeah, trades. So yes. you have a lot of different responsibilities. Yes. So what's your title? Like, what is your title here? So registered dietitian. Um, my, like, working title is, like, program coordinator. Okay. Um, and so I, I'm, and honestly, my job, I think, has changed a lot, particularly in, like, the past two years. Um, we, so I report to our executive chef. And so um, when I first started, I did more with menus and recipes. But because since I was hired, our culinary team has really grown. And they do all basically all the menu and recipe development. And they... I mean, they're trained chefs, so that's their role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might give my advice here and there, but um, they they do that. So since I'm not spending so much time there, I've been helping out a lot more with kind of campus collaborations to support student and employee wellness. Um, we have a new student wellness department on campus, and that's just as of a, like a year ago, nine months ago. Um, so that's been an awesome opportunity to promote student health in all different areas. I mean, holistic wellness, obviously my area that I help them with is nutrition, or we call it joyful eating. 
Oh, um, I, li- yes. I like that. <laughs> yes, we joyful call, eating. Yes, we were very <laughs> particular about how we named it. Um, and I can talk about more about that later. But so, joyful eating, and we're developing a peer wellness education program um, so that students who we've already hired will be trained to provide presentations and kind of um, pop up programs to students on campus about a variety of topics mental health, sleep, uh, physical activity or joyful movement, whatever you want to call it, and then um, joyful eating. And so I'm writing the curriculum for the, a certain seven of these peer wellness educators will be specialized in joyful eating. And so I'm writing that curriculum and then we'll train them, supervise them, all that kind of stuff. And so that's all brand new. And it's really exciting because we know that peers respond better sure. to a peer than they do to to a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's brand new, so it'll be interesting and fun to see how it goes and how the program grows and what, what types of ideas these peer wellness educators come up with that sure. those of us who have, you know, been working for a while you know sometimes you get your like blinders on and you don't think outside the box even though you try so hard to think outside the box (laughs) um so we're really excited about that um and having the student wellness department has really helped a lot of the rest of us like in rec services and student health and student counseling connect and not be so like siloed because we're all busy and we're all but we're all in our kind of our own area and then it's like well, what's this person doing for this? Can't we work together on it? Um, so more collaborating. Collaborating, right? yes. Yeah. Like, huge. Um, and part of that, part of some another thing we've been working on, and when I say we, I mean there's a lot of us that fall within the Division of Student Affairs. So it's things like rec services, student health, dining, Department of Residence, the Memorial Union, student counseling, kind of anything outside of the classroom Mm -hmm. um, that's student affairs. And so a lot of us have been working together on, um, it's a fairly new, it's called eating disorder treatment team. And so trying to have a more collaborative approach to working with students who um, are struggling with different types of disordered eating. Sometimes they may need to go to an inpatient facility, but a lot of times we can help them here if we are working together and have a team approach. And so that has really been very eye-opening for me in this past year. I've learned a lot about eating disorders. I've worked with a lot of students with eating disorders over this past year. It's really been very surprising to me how much I'm interested in it. And so that's been it's kind of been fun, something I never would have thought I'd mm-hmm. be excited to learn about. But um, I've learned a lot again, from other people on campus who are really knowledgeable. And so I've been doing a lot with that. And then part of part of the eating disorder treatment team, one thing that's come out of it is something called the Body Project. And that's a cognitive dissonance-based program for college-age females. And it's specifically, it's two two-hour sessions that are facilitated by peers who have been trained and they um, basically try to break down why what you see in the media is not realistic in terms of body image and like basically how damaging it can be 
And it's a very well-researched program that's been shown to reduce the incidence of eating disorders on college campuses. Awesome. Yeah, so that is, I mean, January, I think we all got trained to do that. And so we're really excited when the school year starts to really implement it, like, full force. This past semester, we were just kind of, like, trying to figure out the best way to promote it and market it Mm -hmm. and get it going. And so that's been really exciting, too. And, again, I've learned a ton about just body image stuff, which like stuff that I didn't even think about before that now I notice in the media or things that people say. Um, it's been really probably eye-opening. one of those, probably another one of those things that we don't get enough education on is dietitians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really been something that I'm like, wow, you know, I didn't realize that or I might say something or think about saying something that I'm sure. like, oh, wait, that's actually not. That's not appropriate. Or mm-hmm. that might be triggering to someone, as I've worked with more and more students with eating disorders, mm-hmm. I've, I, yeah, it's just been very eye-opening and really interesting, too. Kind of changing how you practice yeah. a little bit more. Oh, mm-hmm. totally. With nutrition counseling, like, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's that kind of collaboration, almost outreach type stuff, I would call it. And then we do something called culinary boot camp, which is really fun because it's, Food and cooking and engaging. All the things you love. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so that was really fun. Um, We did that for the first time. Did we do it twice this year? I'm totally losing my mind. (laughs) Um, Yes, we did. We did it once in the fall and once in the spring semester. And basically, we partner with the Department of Food Science and Human Nutrition and do a the first time we just did a one night cooking thing where like first I talked about basic meal planning, might did a mindful eating experience, just a quick one, like with a clementine. And then in the spring we did it and we did a two part culinary boot camp and the first night was more like education, the second night was hands on. And so then our chefs come in and help with the hands on stuff since they're really the professionals. And then the food science human nutrition students volunteer and help prep they help guide students um it's been a really fun partnership and really good learning experience i think for all of us on like programming event planning (laughs) um all of those things so we're going to do that again this next is that a pretty big event for you yes it's definitely growing too because this next year it's going to actually be four parts wow long which will be interesting to see if students will commit to to that (laughs) because that's like trying the sweet spot of like because we want to make sure we're making a difference and like long story short there will be a graduate student working on developing the curriculum and doing research with it to find out if it really is effective Mm -hmm. Um, because for me a lot of times I'm like as long as people enjoy it that's fine you're good (laughs) but I know like we need to measure outcomes and so we're going to do that. Um, we're going to do it this fall. We're actually ending with a grocery store tour at Hy-Vee with, um, I'm not sure which, there's two Hy-Vee stores in Ames. So mm-hmm. I know that the graduate student met with both dietitians, and so they're coordinating that end of it. Um, and then we're going to do it in the spring, but with employees, because we Very have an employee good. wellness coordinator on campus, and she's really interested and wants to really promote, you know, joyful eating so not just the nutrition part but the eating experience mindful eating enjoying your food that type of thing and then at some point next school year I haven't decided when the best timing will be probably later spring semester 
I'm going to do some intuitive eating workshops. So I'm still trying to figure out the timing of that and because we won't be doing the culinary boot camp for students in the spring, so I want to do something for the students. And I think I think a lot of students can benefit from learning more about intuitive eating. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think everybody can yes. benefit from <laughs> yes. that. I but it's a great place to start yeah. when you have Just all these to, other entities going yeah. on with body image and yeah. eating disorders. And Yeah, it's definitely... This past year in particular, I've, I've, there's just, there's been a nice shift with the way people are thinking, you know, not just focusing on like everything's black and white and you have to, let's focus on weight loss and you need to Mm -hmm. eat less and move more. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many other factors that play into it and I'm still learning more about that, but, um, and I'm like, I'm always like, well, who doesn't like to eat? You know, like <laughs> everyone does. Everyone likes to eat. Or uh-huh. if they don't, why don't they like why? to eat? Why? Yeah. And a lot of times when I'm working with students, it's really interesting to find out. Some people tell me they've never enjoyed eating or they might have like a texture thing or they don't like chewing or there's a whole lot of other things that I hear. Something that you probably is unfathomable to you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I always try to put myself literally, like, in their shoes. Like, what would this be like? And with someone who has food allergies, which is a lot of what I do as well, I, you know, I can think about that. Like, okay, like, if I go out to a restaurant, I'll think, like, what would it be like if I had celiac disease? And you couldn't order and anything I had to, you wanted. I couldn't <laughs> order anything, or I'd have to ask a million questions. Um, but when someone tells me that they don't enjoy food, like that's really hard for me to, I try to empathize, but sometimes I'm like, what is that like? I mm-hmm. really, cause I haven't experienced it. So, um, but yeah, the other part of my job, special diets, working with students who require special dietary accommodations on campus. So usually they're on a meal plan or they're living on campus. So they're required to have a meal plan. And so because of that, we have to accommodate them. And so we have um, a couple different resources. We have point of sale labeling, which lists all the ingredients, as well as the top eight allergens, and if the item is vegan, vegetarian, or halal. Um, And then we also have net nutrition, which is an online resource where people can go and filter. They can look at anything we're serving on campus. Um, But if they have, let's say, a dairy allergy, they can click the dairy allergy button and then it'll only show the items that don't contain dairy. Oh. So do you have like computers around that have um, that available? Or is no, it an app? they yeah, <laughs> they need to use their phone. Yeah. Um and it's actually like it's a great resource, but right now it's not the most user friendly system. Gotcha. Like we're working we're always trying to work on that to try to make it it comes with our menu management software. So I think there's some limitations there. But mm-hmm. um We also have the Special Diet Kitchen, which is a separate kitchen um, just for students that have medically indicated special diet needs. So there's some paperwork that's required to to demonstrate a true medical need, and then the student has to meet with me, um, and I kind of go over how it works, and I give them a tour, and then the food that's in there will be safe for For whoever is eating in there. So 80% of those students are gluten-free. Um, they have celiac disease, and so they can't have any cross-contact with anything, with anything that contains gluten. And so um, it, the kitchen is gluten-free and peanut and tree nut-free. We do serve, like, soy 
and dairy and eggs, but everything is very clearly labeled. So each day, let's say at lunch, there's three entrees. One of them will be free of the top eight allergens. One will be gluten-free. And then we always have like a vegan or vegetarian allergy-friendly option and then some sides. And then we have like a little deep fat fryer in there, which the dietitian in me resisted for like a year and a half. I was like, no, no, we're not putting that on the menu. And then as I got to know the students and they're like, I can't get onion rings when I go out to eat because they're always fried in oil that chicken strips have been fried in or the breading is not gluten-free, you know, or something like that. And so we do have fried food on the menu in there (laughs) and they really, really enjoy it. Back to that enjoying food, joyful type thing message. Yes, exactly. And it's part of, it's part of their college experience is to be able to eat what everyone else is eating there's might be the gluten-free version mm-hmm. chicken strips but at least they're eating chicken strips next to their friend who's eating chicken sure strips. um and then we do some homemade allergy-friendly baked goods in there which um i always volunteer to taste test those <laughs> if they need someone <laughs> to taste test it um i'm always the like sniffing around up up in that kitchen but um our plan is to expand that facility next summer to make it much bigger because it is quite small right now. It was a closet oh. and it was implemented before I was ever hired. The management team here saw there was a huge need and they created that space for special diets and they did a really good job. It was, um, the, as far as I know, it was and still is one of the very few places as far as college campuses go where it's actually a separate kitchen where we have a full time. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Like sometimes, you know, I'll get bogged down in the day to day, like this isn't working or this student complained about this. But overall, like when you like take a step back, it's like, this is a great service. And most of the students are so, so happy. I mean, grateful that, okay, I have this food allergy or I have celiac disease, but it's really nice that I can go in here and get food and not have to worry about whether or not I'm going to get sick. Exactly. And not have to think, 15 hours right. over a product. Right, <laughs> exactly. This. They can go in there. And they also, the nice thing is they get to know that we have, we try to keep just a certain group of cooks in there and they get to know the students. And so that's really nice too because now that I've been here for four years, I'm like, oh, so-and-so graduated. You know, it's Aww, like, even yeah. though I don't see them as often as the cooks see them, it's still, it's, it's like its own little network. Community. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many students usually have some type of food allergy? Well, there's about 50 registered to eat in that kitchen. Okay. But I do get a lot of students who um, we only have one, this one special diet kitchen. So, some students may live on the other side of campus. Sure. Um, and so they don't want to walk over here for all their meals. So, they'll choose to self manage or maybe they'll get lunch when they're because this dining hall is the most centrally located on campus and Mm -hmm. so they might eat lunch here because they're close during the day but then in the evening when they head back to their dorm they yeah so um but yeah we know there's like a lot more students and some of them just probably don't even tell us you know that they have a dietary need and um some of and some students may have a really severe allergy and they they choose to self-manage or a lot of times I'll meet with them during orientation and their mom 
or dad is really <laughs> concerned. So they get them all signed up to eat in a special diet kitchen and then fall comes and I never see sure. the student. Um, and then I'll touch base with them. And they're like, oh, I'm, fine. I'm managing just fine on my own. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so. That's all you can do. Is right. Offer right. It out it's there. Like, and- you know, and so, and sometimes I'll get, occasionally get someone who's on a, a special diet, like, I had a student, I've had two now who have had their jaw wired shut for jaw surgery. So we do a full liquid diet. Oh my God. Um, and one was a um, student who he, he had broke his jaw in a skateboarding accident. Oh my God. Um, and I'll never forget his mom calling me and she was just like so mad <laughs> that he had done it skateboarding. <laughs> like it was comical because she was just, she wasn't even worried about him. She was just like, oh, you know, I told him not to ride a skateboard. And so it was kind of funny. But um, I've had someone who was going through chemo and needed bland, specific bland food. Um, and then a couple with chronic kidney disease and. Um, just some interesting so I get to maintain a little bit of that clinical I was gonna say your clinical is kind of coming back yeah yeah. so that's kind of nice I still get like that little piece of it and it's always interesting to find out I also always like to find out from students like when were you diagnosed with this because that to me is very interesting like not everyone's diagnosed with the dairy allergy the first time they have dairy you know they might develop it later in life why, why, you know, Mm -hmm. what causes that? And so I always kind of like to get a little bit of their history just because it's really interesting. And also just, I just kind of like to think about what, what could be causing this because we're definitely seeing more and more allergies, more diagnosis of celiac disease. Um, And then also like, how does that affect our future planning for our operations? For food. Yep. What kind of products you bring yep. in, and yeah, and what type? You know, as we're building a new facility, should we be thinking about having a gluten-free area mm-hmm. where people don't have to sign up to use it? They can mm-hmm. just go over there and get it. Um, I get a lot of vegan and vegetarian students, particularly vegan. Um, I'm seeing more and more of. They might come to me and say, <clears throat> "I was vegan before I came to Iowa State. I'm really struggling though to find food to meet my needs," and so. Um, a lot of times I'm like, well, what did you do at home? Mm-hmm. Like, and then how can we duplicate that within the menu that's here? Because that's not, that doesn't qualify you to eat in a special As diet medical. Yeah. yeah. So how can, like, let's look at the menu and I'll work with you to help you. And then usually after we kind of go through the menu, they might not realize, oh, I can piece this together by getting the black beans from this venue and then the sweet potatoes from over here, like, Sometimes if it's not all together, someone might not see that that could be a complete meal. So um, I'm seeing more and more of particularly vegan students. um, And some students will choose to become vegan during their time at Iowa State. And that's interesting, too. um, A lot of times I want to find out, like, what's motivating you? Mm -hmm. Because some reasons are, are not going to sometimes I'll be like, well, I just, I want to lose weight. I'm like, yeah, you're like, ah, um. you know, it's not necessary. You know, is that, yeah. is that a, a lifelong change that you want to make? And if it is, then I'll help you to navigate that. But that might be something you want to think about. Um, and so we're also always working on our cross contact policies, not just for food allergies, but for vegan, for vegan and vegetarian food, because it's like, oh, how are we doing our subs? Mm-hmm. Like, are we slicing are we doing the veggies first and then the cheese and then the meat and are we changing gloves and so and that's a huge we have 21 locations on campus oh my gosh it's 
it's a huge like implementation is is a challenge. It's kind of like going back to your fruit and vegetable bar at yep. school and how you're yep. going to be able to do that yes. in those other places around campus. Yeah. Because yeah. you said there's how many students here at Iowa State now? Almost 37,000. And so about 12,000 are on like a required meal plan. Mm-hmm. So that means they live on campus, they have a meal plan. And then but we have a ton of students that have dining dollars or they use cash or credit card in one of our retail locations. We also have a lot of faculty and staff mm-hmm. um, that are buying food from us as well. So, yeah, it's... It's a it, huge undertaking. So yeah. any any student can come and speak with you about mm-hmm. their concerns. Yes. And so technically, in order for someone to, like, one-on-one counseling with me, like, actual counseling, not just like a, here, let me help you navigate sure. this dining hall. Um, they they need to be on a meal plan. Um, but, you know, if someone comes to me and says, like, I'm really struggling with this, I will always meet with someone and give them resources or guide them to someone who can help them, mm-hmm. um, even if it means, like, a referral to an outpatient dietitian sure. at Mary Greeley or one of the Hy-Vee dietitians here in town. Um, I'm never just... They're not like, hey, good luck. Right, like, I can't meet with you because you're not on a meal plan. Like, yes, you can come in and I might not be able to help you like every other week, but let me explain. Like, here's the resources or I'll make a, like, a phone call to try to connect them because I'm never just going to leave a student no. hanging. Mm-hmm. So, and usually if they've taken the initiative to reach out to me, usually a pretty big concern because a lot of times college students don't reach out they just they just keep doing their Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. so I'm like if they make the effort to reach out then they've reached a point where they really need guidance um and so yeah I think it's great that you have this opportunity to work in so many different areas yes. on a college campus. Yeah, and there's never a dull moment. No, and you, it sounds like you like to be a lifelong learner, too. Yes. So you're always open to yes. trying new things and learning yep. new things. And I const- like I need, I crave and also need, like, constant challenge. Like, once I start to get too comfortable is when I get bored. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so I've been very lucky, and I think Iowa State this is one of the huge benefits to working at Iowa State is something's always changing. <laughs> always. I don't think you'll ever get bored here. No. And I know it's like that. I know it's like that anywhere. But I think part of it is Iowa State's just so big and we have so many areas on campus. But, you know, it's also our population changes every single year. And that's always fun, too. Like when we get freshmen in the fall, so I help out with like a lot of the back to school stuff and it's just it's so much fun like they're just so excited you know and especially that first week before classes start when they don't know like what college life is like (laughs) it's still fun it's still so much fun and so that even though I'm much older now than I was when I was a freshman I still get that excitement and they're just you know and it's a fun population just in general to Mm -hmm. work with because they are excited just in general, they're excited about their major. They're really passionate about everything. Uh, their you know, future. Their future their, yeah. and the environment and what they're eating and, like, so many different things, even things that have changed since I was a student. And so they're just – they're fun to work with. And generally, they're pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, there are some chronic conditions and things, but in general – 
they're pretty healthy. And so that's, you know, really that makes my education job in some ways easier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so it's just trying to figure out kind of that population level nutrition education and then how do you individualize it for those people that need it individualized. So, yeah. So I could do a lot of different things. You do. I had no idea that <laughs> yeah. you were involved in so I was like, yeah. I kind of thought you were just like, you know, lunch yeah. lady and you were kind of just doing the meal program. But yeah. I think that's yeah. exciting for yeah. anyone listening to that there is so much possibilities yes. on a college campus. Yes. And that maybe if it's not happening, you could mm-hmm. approach someone and make it happen. Well, and I know that... Um, a lot of, especially like dine, college and university dining operations around the country are looking to hire more dietitians. And it may not be in like a role like mine, which is really a dietitian and I'm not a manager of a facility sure. um, or an, admi- I mean, I'm kind of administration, <coughs> I guess, but um, I'm more like working with the students, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyways, I know they're looking for dietitians to fill some leadership roles. And I think dietitians are, I mean, obviously I'm preaching to the choir here, but we're, <laughs> we're a good fit for that. And so um, I think it's a great opportunity for both. I guess I like schools because I worked in K-12 and now I'm working at college. So. That's okay though. But that's, there's just a ton of, I think there, yeah. I agree with you. There's a ton of opportunity that we're yeah. not tapping into yeah, in definitely. both areas. Yep. And you're, you're kind of a little leader, and I would say, on that. So Yes. Well, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's nice. It's just, it's a fun place to be, and it's a fun place to work. And I also like, you know, with the Department of Food Science, Human Nutrition, there's always research going on. And so um, hopefully with this culinary boot camp, that research tie-in, it'll be fun to hopefully be able to be part of that research mm-hmm. component and learn more about um, doing research and filling out all that paperwork and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. You're going to get your doctorate yet. I, I don't know. Oh, I can man. see it. I don't know. I, that's, a, that's a lot more school. But it when you work here and you encounter you so many. You probably want kind well, of, you get the bug. Yeah, and every, it seems like everyone's always working on another degree of some type. And you start to feel like, do I need to be do, doing Should that? I be doing that? Yeah. Like, should I be working on that? But I think the nice thing about dietitians is, you know, we can do, even if it's not another, if it's not a graduate degree, it's like a specialty mm-hmm. certificate. Or I just did a 15-hour eating disorder training. It was a symposium over like a long weekend. It was like a four-day thing. It was all online, so I could do it at home. Um, and that was awesome because I learned so much. And then I have all those recorded webinars. And then there's like a closed Facebook group that I'm a part of now. And so... Through that, I've been able to get a lot more very specialized education specific to eating disorders um, and health at every size, like the non-diet mm-hmm. approach. And so even if it's not another You don't have degree. to go to college. Right, you can right. find lots of opportunities yeah, that definitely, way. Definitely. Definitely. There's, there's a lot more yeah. resources. And there's so many things. There's just the possibilities are endless, I think, for dietitians and learning. Yeah. Well, and for you, you have to keep learning. Yeah. Well, because yeah. You, like you said, you're going to get a whole new set of mm-hmm. students, and you're going to like it's going to be a whole new set right. of things that I might need to learn more right. about. So, and we have students from all over the world too. That's the other really interesting thing is, and that I've learned a lot about in working here is not just their you know their preference their taste preferences on menus, but also 
just different things about their culture. And I always like to know what made you, I'll often ask students, what made you decide to come to Iowa State? Like, <laughs> why did you choose Ames, Iowa? And it's, it's really interesting to hear their responses. A lot of them will say they had family member come here and love it, you know, huh. or they got a scholarship. And often what I hear is I contacted admissions and they were so nice to me that that's why I wanted to come here. Like, that's the most common thing I get is, like, really? the, the people were just so friendly. Like, hospitality. Yeah, and just answering. Their, they answered me right away with my email, or they called me. Like, I'm like, that's Iowa for you, it you know? Like, it totally is. Yeah, so that's always, I think that speaks a lot for for Iowa and also for Iowa State. Absolutely. You know? but, so. Huh. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're living out you're living out your passion so far. Yes. I feel like there's a lot <laughs> on the horizon for yes. you. Because yes. it kind of sounds like you're also kind of finding more things that you are mm-hmm. interested in that you might, yeah. who knows where it might yes. lead you. Yes, <laughs> I know. There's, there's, yeah, I, I'm excited about the, what the future holds. That's good. Very excited. It's yeah. good. Dietitians need to hear that. <laughs> yes. There's yes. lots of good things ha- coming for, yes. for us there as is. a profession. Yeah. So sometimes... I always tell like undergraduate students this, especially like their first couple of years, it's so hard with all that hard science and you're not in the really fun stuff mm-hmm. yet. But I'm like, it gets better. Like you can just <laughs> get through that, you know, and and also just the anxiety I think that comes with before they get an internship. Sure. That's so it's the worst. That's so stressful mm-hmm. and you can just like see it on their faces and you can sense this this anxiety and so I always tell them it's worth it. Just hang in there. You can do it. You can do it. I promise. I've been in your shoes. I know how like scary it is in the unknown of not knowing. Will I get an internship? Where will my internship be? And then mm-hmm. where's my job gonna be? Mm-hmm. You know, that's like it's just like a continuation. Of, yeah, it's like a whole year plus of yep. just not knowing, not knowing anything. And like you said earlier, we like, <laughs> we to, like know to know what's, what's happening because yep. we're Type A crazy yep. people. Yeah, <laughs> we are. We are. But I think like you even said too about speaking about getting your first job, but then mm-hmm. also like even in your second job transition, you still were. It was always still that unknown, that scary, mm-hmm. and that no matter where you're at, you yes. kind of have to jump and just yep. kind of be okay with what happens. Yep. <laughs> and I think, and I don't know if it's because I've been in the field now for, I'm no longer, I can't use the excuse that I'm a new dietitian nope, anymore. Can't. I can't, especially, <laughs> can't use it. Um, but that, and then probably also just like, I mean, I've always considered myself to be mature, but like just you know, the longer you're like a professional or whatever, I think you develop more of those skills of like, you know, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Mm-hmm. And there could always be an excuse like, oh, well, my kids are too little or I'm too busy or it's like, and the, yeah, I, I think it's important that you take or take a risk or at least investigate it. And I was just at a presentation, um, it was actually um, for, with the ISU police about um, prevent, you know, safety on campus. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll never forget this, um, humans are the only mammals or animals that talk themselves out of doing something or they go against their instinct. Huh. Like every other animal or mammal in the wild they go with their instinct. They immediately do whatever their instinct tells them to do. We, we are the don't. only ones that try to, like, 
go back and forth and talk ourselves out of it. And I was like, yeah, that is so true. Like we always are like, well, I don't know. I'm going to talk myself out of this. It's like, no, what's your gut? Like, what's and your gut tell you? It. Do it. And yeah, it was interesting because this was like a safety training and he was referring to like safety in your sure. environment and sensing if something's off and go with your gut. Don't talk yourself out of it, but it applies to it applies to life completely. Yeah. Yep. Go with your gut. So. Go. <laughs> you went with your gut, and now you're yeah. Iowa State, so that's yeah, a good so. thing. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you answering all these serious questions. Yes. I feel like we'll have to do another one, though, in, like, maybe four more years to see where you're at. Maybe you're kind of like a college degree. Every four years, yeah. you kind of... You know, I thought that. I was like, this summer would be, like, four years that I've been here. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh. What's, What's next? next? <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to think, though. It's yeah. positive. Yes. yes. So I have some fun questions for you. Yes. What is your favorite food? So I, I'm not picky, but I truly like desserts, like any type of dessert, like cookies, cakes, <laughs> pies, brownies, ice cream. I love desserts. I have a sweet tooth, and I grew up. You had dessert at lunch and dinner, like right. every well, day. Well, Grandma was. You said Grandma yes. was speaking. Outstanding. Yes, and I. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm still... Do you still kind of do that yeah. after your meals? I, yeah, it's just... And you know what? If, Joyful I, eating. Yep, I listen, Joyful I eating. listen to my cravings, and I just heard the other day, um, a craving is your body's way of guiding you towards a pleasurable dining experience. I love I know, that. I was like, I need like a poster of that. Or <laughs> you something. do need a bumper sticker, yeah. a poster. Yes, I, like something to frame it, because... <laughs> That's, I, yeah, I definitely have a sweet tooth, but it's guiding me towards a pleasurable dining experience. <laughs> you need some wall art that says yep. that. I like that. Do you have a favorite drink? Um, I drink a lot of water during the day, um, and I don't go out very often, but when I do, I really like a good margarita or sangria or mm-hmm. Moscow Mule. Mm. I love all three yeah. of those. And now it's summer. I feel like those are summer cocktails that are just delicious. I think maybe that's why I like them. It reminds me of summer and like sitting outside. Happy on a patio. And sun. Yep. Or in Iowa, it's not like that all right. the time. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a favorite favorite smell? Um. Probably like right before it snows. There's like this. And I don't know if it's because I grew up, like, out in the country, but there's, like, this very crisp smell, like, right before it snows. I know exactly what you mean. Okay, I was like, she's going to think I'm crazy. No, because I'm from a small town in Iowa, too, but it's yeah. in a very small farm, a farm yeah. community. But, yes, I love like that smell. a very crisp. And you can, like, yeah. I just, I love, I love that. It's very calming. And even though sometimes snow ends up not being very much fun, no. there's something about it that's, I just, yeah, I like that. I, I need like to appreciate that smell. that smell again. Yeah. I'll, we'll remember this when yeah. it's <laughs> when happening. It's February. Yes. <laughs> when we're sick but of no, the that's smell. But no, that is a beautiful smell. Yeah. 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 Oh, you just gave me goosebumps <laughs> a little bit. That's awesome. <laughs> what brings you joy in life? Um, so, like, day in and day out, my little family at home, I say my three males, my husband... <laughs> My son and my dog, because my dog, our dog was our first baby. He's a French bulldog, and he's so cute. He is like, he is a member of the family. Um, But anyways, they, 
all three of all three of them keep me grounded and relaxed and sometimes frustrated <laughs> but they I look forward to seeing them every night when we go home and they they bring me a lot of joy but at work and professionally what brings me a lot of joy um is constantly learning learning new things um meeting new people I love meeting other dietitians and also other people on campus and learning about what other people do and working with students and that could be either someone who's come in and has an eating disorder or someone who just got diagnosed with celiac disease and I'm going to help them navigate the special diet kitchen and doing that basic education or working with dietetic students, dietetic interns, undergraduate dietetic students, um, even their students. I share an office space with um, our staffing office for dining. No, I walked in and I was like, there's a whole bunch of people in here. And they, you know, I just, they're fun. It's, it's fun getting to know students and they bring so much just life and excitement and you'll stay young forever I I hope so you will they force me to like stay on top of things (laughs) I'm kind of lacking in social media but that they'll keep they keep me yeah they do they (laughs) force me to stay on my toes whether I want whether I want to or not so those that's what brings me joy so. Well, that's a lot. That's of a joy. lot. That's a lot of joy between your three men at home. <laughs> yeah. Which one are their names, by the way? Um, Justin's my husband. Henry's my son, and Garth is my dog. Oh my gosh, so cute! Is it Garth after Garth Brooks? Yes, yes, yes. Your fan. <laughs> we were, we were always like Garth Brooks fans, and then when we got him, I was like, let's name him Garth. A French bulldog <laughs> named Garth is like so perfect. I'll show you a picture. Like it, it totally fits him. Like the name is perfect. Is perfect for Garth. <laughs> I oh my gosh, too yeah. funny. Well, I'm excited to go tour the. To yes. your facility, and thank you for spending time with me today. Yes, thank you. And I might be calling you in four years again. Yes, okay. Reconnect. We'll good. we'll talk before then. Yes, but. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much. I'm excited to share what I do, and hopefully, um, hopefully, inspire some dietitians for sure to go into K through 12 school nutrition, and then maybe come join me in college Absolutely. university setting. We'll have to so. give them um, your email address yes. if anybody ever wants to reach yep. out to talk to you. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. okay. Thank you. After my great conversation that you just listened to, Lisa graciously took me on a tour of the ISU dining services area, which is just absolutely amazing and much different than when I was in college. Let me tell you, I think all I remember is a lot of carbohydrates, cereals, and soda pop, actually. They actually have a food allergy devoted kitchen space, and it's incredible, and they serve some really great food for their students. I do feel like Lisa is a pioneer of college dining services and her passion for food service really shows in her current job. And I'm so glad I had the opportunity to spend time with her today. If you love popcorn as much as I do, please don't forget that delicious Jolly Time popcorn is available in a variety of flavors. My favorite this week is their low sodium snack bags. It's kind of been my snack at work this week. So head on over to jollytime.com for more information and some money-saving coupons. And I love Stroopwafels because they are baked with care using only natural ingredients and contain no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. You can find Dalmans on Facebook at Dalmans Stroopwafels US and on Twitter at Dalmans US. 
If you want to connect with me or if you want more, go to annelizabethardy.com where you can catch up on my weekly wisdom blog where I share my current adventures with life, food, my workout music, maybe a recipe or something new that I love. My book is also available for purchase and you can find my previous podcast, show notes, links, contacts to my guest, and anything we talked about during my conversation. Connect with me on almost all social media sites at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.